that podcast I mentioned. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. Ultra Gen TV. Ultra Gen, yeah. Yeah. Um, they actually take a break because it's actually a Twitch show, so they record oh. it live. Um, but then they release it as a podcast later. But so they take breaks, you know, maybe two or three times in their recording because they go for about two hours or so. Yep. Two or three hours. And, yeah, they stop and they have, like, chips and, you know, things like this. Mm. So for a good five minutes of the podcast that you're listening... They don't edit it out? No. <laughs> no, they just dump the Twitch episode in, as a podcast. So you're oh. hearing people crunch away and <laughs> talk about their cat or... It's pretty cool. Wow. Should we record? Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast episode 37, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games, and all of that stuff. It's still the 4th of April. 2019, and my name's still Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. I think I'm ready to get into a new fighting game. Mm. I, like, I'm just not really interested in... I love Tekken, but for some reason I'm not that interested in it. Tekken 7 on a competitive level. Mm. I feel like as a spectator it's not that nice to watch. I'd really like to get more into Soul Calibur. I don't talk about that a bit. Yeah. Too. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens with like Marvel versus Capcom, and they're talking about another one. And um, Fox has sold some of the Marvel license to Disney now oh. as well. So um, that's a big thing for X Men because mm. X Men was owned by Fox, all the X Men rights. And it was just terrible. So many bad X-Men movies. And uh, actually, that's something that Comic Book Girl talks about because she loves X-Men. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, so hopefully now there'll be some better X-Men stuff. And it's part of the reason why there hasn't been any X-Men in any of the Marvel vs. Capcom games, the recent ones. Right. Yeah. I was wondering why that was okay. Yeah. It's, a li- it's caught in licensing mm. and it's Fox. Right. It's really, really, really fucked up. <laughs> so did Disney get um, what's his face? Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I thought it'd be um, I don't know. Whatever they did, whatever they shout out about X Men, I thought just audience would lap it up regardless. No. Because it's just super popular, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't. I think that, well, I'm not. It's really hard for me to gauge the popularity of it, actually. But um, it's the underdog in terms of Marvel properties because Avengers is a lot more popular. But I think that also that has to do with the movies that's made it popular. Mm. But Avengers is always like the A team of Marvel. um, And X Men is always like being sort of the underdog. But they are popular. But then the movies have been not very good. Like right. the, the the big problem is that they change things and they represent things in a way that doesn't make sense. Like for example, 
one of the other things that is really annoying is the Mystique character. They totally, like, flipped her around. She's pretty much a bad guy in the X-Men comics. But because early in... Uh, God, I'm bad at remembering now. <laughs> What's that? The actress's name that plays... She does the Hunger Games. Jennifer Lawrence. Right. She plays Mystique. And it was some, I think it was a role she picked up earlier in her career, like before she was really well known. Mm-hmm. And so, because she plays that character, it became the character became more prominent in the movies because of her popularity. Mm-hmm. But it makes no sense because she's not. She's like a bad guy. That character's a bad character, mm-hmm. not a good character. Mm-hmm. She doesn't hang out with the X Men. It makes no sense. <laughs> and so it's things you sound like upset about this. Yeah, John. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that. Uh, they're, yeah, that's just one example of how they're just making it not good. Yeah, it, It's bad because then the characters themselves lose their depth because there's a reason why that character is not good. And, um, yeah, she all of a sudden she's a good guy. Like, that doesn't make sense. Mm. So, yeah, mm. that's that's the big problem. Okay. Yeah, but this um, this podcast, Ultra Chen TV, I've been just addicted to it. Been listening mm-hmm. to it for a couple of weeks now. And do you know James Chen and Ultra David? Um, no, okay. I don't. Because uh, they're commentators that have been around for God knows how long, um, and competitive players themselves. But mm-hmm. they just their their knowledge mm-hmm. and the way they talk about stuff, obviously, because they're professional commentators. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just really, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job, and super intelligent too. Like Ultra David, he's a he's a lawyer. Okay. Um, and you know he was a lawyer before, but now he's specifically a lawyer for like esports and stuff like oh, that. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, they still do their their commentary for fighting games, and it's mm-hmm. not just Street Fighter. It's Smash Brothers. Yeah. yeah, all of them. It's really cool to see like high level professionals who take games seriously. Mm. Because um, it just shows that you can be, yeah, someone who, uh, I, I don't know, for lack of a better way to describe it, got your shit together and enjoy video games, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And these guys are just so super passionate about the whole thing, not just knowledgeable, not just something they've done for so long and, you know, that's why they know what they're doing. They're mm. just really, really passionate about it. Mm. And that comes through in the way they talk. And, mm. you know, they do this show every Tuesday. I think it's every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so once a week they're releasing a podcast that goes for two and a bit hours. Yep. Just all about fighting games and, mm. you know, the strategies and the tournaments that are happening at the time. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. That sounds cool. I'll have to check it out on the way home. Matt won't, because he doesn't like fighting games. No. (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that. Can we have more of an explanation on that? Um, With a crunching background (laughs) sound. (laughs) Take Uh, these things away from me. (laughs) I'm going to eat the whole bag. It's a big bag, too. You like IK+. Plus. That's a fighting game. Yeah, I guess. No? 
Um, do you, mm. you don't like learning input commands? Well, IK Plus has like a whole bunch. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I, I think... I don't know how true it is, but like I, at, at least these days, I'm going away from the really competitive stuff. Mm. I wouldn't play. Oh, yeah. And, so, but, you don't like the competitive aspect to it? I guess. No, it's does that make sense? No, it does make sense, but I don't play fighting games for competitive... I mean, I, I really love watching and listening to people talking about the competitive side of things, mm. but I don't like playing competitive myself. I mm-hmm. just like playing through the story mode. Yeah. That's what I like about it. But you, but what about when we play against each other? That's competitive. Yeah. But it's competitive on a not super intense level. Mm. Like, I don't know if I'd want to play... I don't really want to play online against other people. Who yeah, I definitely don't want to do that. Definitely better than me. <laughs> and yeah. I, can, I can understand that. Is that kind of what you mean, or? Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it can't be the whole story because I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. He doesn't like fighting games. Okay. The end. Fair enough. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to, I think, articulate why you don't like a particular style of game. Mm. And for me, that's real time strategy games. Mm. I don't like them. And I can't tell you why. I just don't like them. Mm. So, yeah. I just like to explore that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and and I think that's why you know people listen to conversations about games because you like to explore mm. the deeper meaning behind mm. what we're talking about. So mm. that's fair. Mm. Yeah, but then expose my hypocrisies. Because, like, <laughs> I like competitive StarCraft. Not playing it, but watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We used to play the Quakes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, sometimes when you're honest with yourself, sometimes you do go think to yourself, maybe I have, like, prejudged this and I need to give it another try. And I'm finding myself doing that a lot lately because I'm trying to be honest with myself. Um, but sometimes... You really don't like something, and yeah, maybe it is hard to put your finger on what it is about it. Hmm. It may even be just the way it makes you feel, uh, and that's not an invalid thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's only just recently, and probably recently as in over the period of recording this podcast, that I've realized probably why I don't like the styles of games I don't like and the and why I like the games that I do like. And that's because we're having these conversations and you explore some of these topics a, a bit more. I have realized, and I've said this before on the podcast, that I've, I've noticed I like games where I'm reacting to things. Mm. Situations are happening mm-hmm. and I want to test my reflexes as well as my quick thinking Mm. to be able to adjust Mm -hmm. to accommodate a certain situation. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm. And it's only just recently that I've realized that Mm. all the games that I really love have random elements to them Mm. where like ghouls and ghosts, you're jumping over something, then suddenly an enemy enemy appears Mm. and you have to make up a new strategy on the fly really quickly. Mm. And if you do it and you get through it and you pass it, you feel awesome. Mm. 
And if you don't and you die, you think, well, I want to do that again mm. and bang my head against that wall and mm. try and and get through. Like mm. Burnout Paradise, my favorite game of all time. A lot of the fun I had with that game was just flying around the open world as fast as I possibly can and just dodge all the traffic. And I yep. just love that mm. because I'm reacting to something that isn't predictable mm. and, you know, I'm trying to just survive mm. and, and accommodate a situation that's happening to me really, really quickly. Mm. And strategy games aren't really like that. Mm. They're games where you're, you're, you're doing planning. a lot of pre-planning. Yeah. Yeah. And you're... You're doing stuff to build up to something that's going to happen mm. a long time mm. in the future. And there is situations where you're reacting, but uh, you uh, re you have like a prepared reaction against mm. something that you see that's happening in the game. Yeah. So, you know, like, if they do this, then I'm going to do this kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So that's a long way of saying, I agree with you, Matt. Sometimes it's hard to articulate why yeah. you don't like something. <laughs> but I think you just articulated it pretty well. Yeah, but like I said, I only just came to realise why mm. in probably the last year or so. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, that's an interesting way of looking at things. Hmm. Cool. And, and if I take mine a step further... <laughs> yeah, uh, not liking competitive games, but really liking co-op games. Okay. Mm. So, most co-op games are going to be good, mm. I think, mm. or enjoyable. Mm. I feel like there's l less and less of those these days. Mm. Yeah, it's probably why you stuck with WoW a lot longer than when I did. Yeah, that's like the ultimate co-op game. Mm. Mm. It's super competitive. Yeah, though. it's, it's almost super stressful. Like it's almost like yeah, a challenge to... It's, it's like the challenge. biggest challenge is actually to cooperate with yeah. Yeah. so many people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like the actual game is building... It actually is building skills in cooperation with lots of people. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's interesting because... So, super competitive one-on-one, -on -one, right? I can see why one of the reasons people wouldn't like it is because it's you versus another player, the... The stakes are high, mm. you get beaten, you feel bad. Mm. You're completely responsible. Mm. Yeah. Um, whereas in something like WoW, one of the reasons why it ultimately destroyed me and why I had to leave that game... Mm. Is because more dots. <laughs> <laughs> is because of the stress knowing that 39 other people were depending on you being at the top of your game. Mm. So it's almost exactly the same thing. You were a tank, weren't you? Yeah. How was, did I know? It was high stakes. How did I know it was a tank? It was high stakes. Because <laughs> that's the role that has the high stakes, I think. But weren't all players like that? I mean, if one of your... You were... What are they called? Like, sorcerer? I, I started as a mage and then mage. moved to priest. Sorcerer, mage, whatever. Yeah. All players are critical, right? To an extent, but... Some if, are more if, critical if than If one DPS guy does, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Some <laughs> Not more. really. Yeah, the you, only you can die, but not like too many of them. Actually, the mm. only time DPS matters, well, it depends. Like, there's two things mm. DPS can do wrong, obviously dying, but it's only important if you're like a high DPS person and then you don't have any other high DPS people. Yeah. Mm. And then the other one well, is if you pull aggro in a critical situation where it fucks everyone up. Yeah. Mm. Though all that stuff is is talking about 
the game as it was like in the original mm. where yeah dying didn't matter as much unless you tank yeah and mm. pulling a is a big deal but like you know later the on, game that has so now you'd never pull aggro it's just like mm. impossible mm. and dying is a big pain because you got a 10-man raid or something like that mm. in the big raids i was never yeah i was always a secondary healer i was never that important yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then i've switched to rogue later uh-huh. and that was so much more fun that's very different yeah that's two ends of the spectrum mm. it was a lot more fun hmm <laughs> I got bored of the DPS. Did you? Yeah, just you know, because what are you it's doing? Like flashing buttons. We were so like two in two, the two, mm. two. curse. Really? Remember. That's not what. It's how mages were. Oh, mage maybe. Yeah. Rogue's way more fun than that. It's like, uh, you just have so many different skills, and you just got to make sure you're using them all the time. Yeah. So it was always like, oh, that's up. Hit that. Oh, hit that one. You know. I, I mean, the game's different now. Yeah. But yeah, like back then. Well, this was Wrath of the Lich King. Just use your most powerful spell over and over. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's boring. Uh, But we were also, in my um, group, we were pretty competitive in terms of DPS. Um, So it was always like, who can do the most? So you're trying to be on on the top. You have the damage meters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So that was exciting. To drag, then, drag yourself up that list. <laughs> and I, I'm like the one recording the videos for the guild. <laughs> and because I was healing, I'd have the healing meters. And they're all complaining, oh, why, you have that? why don't you have that on damage? I was like, oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that's one of the reasons why I bowed out of pinball, actually. Because it's kind of, and we've talked about this before, just the amount of investment you need to put in it to get out or to have that mm. ability to be trusted to be able to do what you need to do mm. in the case of WoW. Mm. Um, in pinball, competitive pinball, in order to do well, you need to invest the time mm. to play in order to do well and feel good about yourself mm. to be able to continue to do well. Mm. And I just, yeah, I just don't have that drive anymore mm. to want to, put that time in mm. and continue to do well yeah yeah there's an unfortunate commitment element in it Unfor- like the way that it's set out is that you have to be involved in a lot of competitions mm. um, to be competitive and it's the same with any competitive game fighting games whatever mm. I mean, if you're in the competitive fighting scene you're going to get murdered if you're not playing constantly. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, that's a bit of an aside. (laughs) Have we started yet? (laughs) (laughs) There's feedback. Oh. Oh. Well, let's start the podcast.
and we have a flying feedback live <laughs> thing hot off from the press the yes the twitter Tele- press telegraphed directly mm. <laughs> from ben with two n's what's the feedback matt you want uh, to are reading read it? it yeah what um <laughs> columns is a far superior game than skeleton crew <laughs> wow wow that's the first statement right well that's okay is there more there's more but not is that that's okay. the first topic that, that's the first topic <laughs> remind me what skeleton crew is first well i know the artwork in the game they're both games i played last night on stream yes and um skeleton crew is it's a it's a like a shooter like um, loaded or it's isometric. Oh, Ooh. it is actually isometric. Did, did you My measure God. the angles? Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure it's isometric. <laughs> um, and it's actually okay. So it, is it on the Mega Drive? Yes. Right. This is the game that I bought that Ben doesn't have, and I also don't have it. Yep. And mm. so I was rubbing it in his face, saying literally that I have it and he doesn't. And so, while I was playing it, he's like, but it looks not very good. <laughs> like, don't take this away from me. <laughs> you know why? Because he wants you to sell it to him. Mm, maybe. Mm. And then he was like, I think he asked if my copy had a manual. And I'm like, are you just asking so you can buy a copy with a manual so that then you're one-upping me? <laughs> and he's like, I'll buy two copies and give one to Mark. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, okay, we did come to an agreement that it did seem a little repetitive. Hmm. Uh, there was the second level, you get into this elevator, you know. Sounds thrilling so far. Required elevator level as per Mega Drive requirements. Right. <laughs> um, but tw- there's a twist. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's almost, it feels a lot like the scene in Star Wars where they're in the trash compactor. It's like filled with green water Hmm. and there's like little monsters that pop up and yeah that was kind of annoying uh and it just it just went on for really long Hmm. and there was no um like you would you'd be in the elevator and then you'd just kill a bunch of things and after a while the screen would fade to black and then you'd be somewhere else and you'd walk around kill some things fade to black you're back in the elevator again. Hmm. And there was no transition. I think it was meant to be like you were going to a level and then getting off, killing some stuff and coming back. But there was no actual transition between the elevator and the level. Yeah, and right. so it wasn't really clear that that's what was going on. Hmm. I didn't really know what was happening, just that I kept appearing back on the elevator and I'm just <laughs> like, ah, oh, on the stupid elevator again. <laughs> and yeah, so there was definitely some quite repetitive stuff in there but i uh, one of the things i like about it is the control scheme is actually quite good for that era of game with a three button controller Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a twin stick shooter Mm -hmm. so how do you do twin stick without twin stick it's kind of locking there's locking there is locking so when you hold down the fire button you'll keep firing and you'll lock your angle Mm -hmm. um and so i discovered that that's cool but then on top of that so, your, your fire button is B, you know, like on the Mega Drive controller, you got A, B, C in a line, and B is in the middle. When you are, have your perspective locked, you can use A and C 
to tilt the angle. Mm. So you can actually, it then functions kind of like a twin stick shooter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without the twin stick. Mm. So it allows you to like strafe and fire while keeping your aim on your target. Yeah, okay. And it actually works really well. Mm. Um, and I think that the controls are really good for a game of that era. Okay. So I do want to play it some more. But yeah, frustrating that second level. Do you play as a skeleton? <laughs> um, you're like a robot. Oh. Yeah. Obviously. Yep. Mm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, having not played it, but having played Columns, mm. and I'm not a huge fan of Columns. <laughs> Wait, but what? Column sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> That's, of course, you know, neither here nor there. Well, you're not really in a position to judge, having not played Skeleton Crew. <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> and what, is, what else does Ben say? Says, GT Max, where this is probably relevant for the previous podcast. But anyway, we're reading it now. Mm-hmm. GT Max Square was Sydney's first barcade. <laughs> surf, surf drinks had pinball and more than one arcade. Hmm. Do, do you need alcohol to be you need alcohol. as a barcade? I have talked to Ben about this before. <laughs> alcohol is required in my threshold. Mm. I mean, obviously. Well, that's the most the important part. threshold. Well, obviously. I think so. <laughs> to me. So, no, I don't think he serves alcohol. Mm-hmm. You don't? What? It, it, he serves drinks. Soft drinks. Oh, is that what like, we mean? Oh, like yeah. um, oh. novelty soft drinks. Okay. Mm. And Twinkies. Okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and is that it from Ben? No, there's more. Oh. <laughs> Says Matt needs to hurry up and make carts so I can sell new all things. True. Right. So, yep. I mean, yep, that's I've got fair. all the bits. I've just been lazy and haven't put any, any more carts. Oh, no, it's a fair excuse, laziness. Yeah. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. I see what I fix that Atari so that I can test the carts that I make. Right. That's mm. the main thing, really. Mm. But you should also refocus on like Super Nintendo and Mega Drive cartridges. You know what? <laughs> you can. You, you've been buying all these fake uh, Game Boy Advance cartridges. Only one. <laughs> really? Only bought one. Only one. <laughs> Yeah, you oh. can get a thing that those are those are just like my River A cart. Mm. You can plug them into a thing, mm. plugs into your computer, and just reprogram them. Yeah, well, I mean, well, actually, the fake ones. So I I do have a bunch of fake ones. That's true, but they're all from my young stepbrother. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we can rewrite those because they're like shitty games like Spy Kids 3D. Yeah. Um. You know, from when he was a child. Yeah. So yeah, those don't even have to open them up. Right. Okay. Mm. Really? Yeah. So I can turn it into a Metroid Fusion just for the sake of playing Metroid Fusion. Yeah. But the problem that I have with my Zelda Minish Cap cart that I bought, which I thought was real, but didn't look at that closely because I just trusted the guy, um, was that the battery is dead and so I can't save the game. And it's one of the... Because it's a copy, it's like hard soldered in, like the old Game Boy games. Yeah. Hmm. So I need to be able to change that battery, and I'm not sure. I'm sure I can. It's just probably more of a question of whether it's worth it, which... You have a soldering iron, don't you? Yeah, but I just don't know how to do it. Right. Yeah, I'm sure it's not that hard. Hmm. I'm sure I can do it. One day maybe I'll do it. 
Mm-hmm. And is that eight, that yeah. eight from Ben? There is one more. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it might sound the wrong way. <laughs> Mark, you need to sell me Monkey Ball with your dildo. Ah, no, that doesn't what? sound the wrong way at <laughs> it all. Does, that's, you that's have to exactly. know what that means. Uh, but no, I'm not going to sell it. Because <laughs> uh, Monkey Ball and the dildo is oh. very hard to find. Yeah, no. And we're talking about uh, Monkey Ball on the Naomi, Sega Naomi arcade system. Speaking of, yeah, Naomi, I'll tell you what, Ben, I'll swap your skeleton crew for Marvel vs. Capcom 2 cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what he's referring to with the dildo is uh, <laughs> the controls for Monkey Ball. Mm. It's a giant banana. Mm. Mm. It's a but, banana like attached to the machine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in the control panel, and the control panel is the hardest, the the most rarest thing to find. Mm. Yeah, as in the part that you already have is the most rarest part. Yeah, right. Yeah, so the, I, I have the control panel. I have the GD ROM, and the GD ROMs come with a security chip, mm-hmm. so that you can't just record the GD ROM and pop it in. You need that security chip. Mm-hmm. So I have those, but I don't have a Naomi, whereas he does. Hmm. I'm really excited for you to one day get that arcade up and running. Mm. Super Monkey Ball. Yeah. One day. That'll be cool. Just need room. <laughs> I have no room. Well, and a Naomi. That, and a said uh, that before. cat to put it in. I have said that before. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's fair enough. Good point. <laughs> All right. Is that everything from Ben? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, thanks, Ben. <laughs> Love you, Ben. We're going to go on to a topic. Mm. We haven't done a topic for a while, but uh, this is a this is a very serious topic. So we have to. We're going to discuss it very seriously. Yeah, we have to stop, you know, smiling at each other. <laughs> no more crunching into the microphone with these chips. <laughs> Why don't you introduce the topic? Well, John? I thought it might be a good idea to. Um, speaking of all the academic research that we've been exposed to mm-hmm. from Carrie and, and Ben mm-hmm. um, to actually look at some real not not that there's not minute. real I mean to <laughs> look at some oh, sorry brutal. I should say published brutal. I should say published oh, uh, gets worse research <laughs> <laughs> and so and then yeah talk about it on the podcast mm. and I thought, what better place to start than... Than the highly controversial subject. Yes, of violence in video games. Mm. uh, Encouraging aggressive behavior Mm. in young plastistic minds. Plastic... 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 
Plasticini minds. Neuroplasticity. Yeah, neuro neuroplasticity like. I'm glad we're very intellectual <laughs> and can articulate exactly what we're trying to say. <laughs> oh. Ben just said that's all the reader feedback he has, just in case yeah. we we're wondering. Oh, okay. I didn't oh, read that lucky. one. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> I found an article of a recent uh, research that was done. It's called Violent Video Game Engagement is Not Associated with Adolescence Aggressive Behavior. Mm. Evidence from a Registered Report. Mm. So, in academic articles, there's no surprises. <laughs> it's not like when you read a news article or a book where they save the exciting stuff at the end. Right. They tell you exactly what's going on at the beginning. <laughs> right. Because that's how knowledge works. The abstract. Yeah, the abstract. Well, it's a good idea because otherwise you have to read through... A number of pages yeah. of very, very dense yep. material. And you actually read this, you said. Uh, I read probably half of it. Mm. I've read, I think, two articles that were written based upon that mm. research paper. Yeah. As in, you know, the findings and what they thought of the findings. Mm. Um, and then I read about half of the research paper as well. But again... Those papers, they're very dense, mm. so it's not like, mm. it's not entertaining reading, mm. put it that way. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's about it's about knowledge. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I browsed it a bit and looked at the experiment setup, mm. mostly because like, I'm slightly involved with that sort of thing at work. Okay. Mm. Really? Because um, in the business faculty, a mm. lot of the experimental research is like decision making and it's a bit social science. Mm. Uh, a little bit psychology, so mm. it's similar to what goes on. Mm. So you have to install SPSS? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's... Um, so this is the latest or the latest one we've seen about mm. this particular topic. Mm. But this particular topic goes back decades mm. of, you know, mm. a lot of... Uh, maybe researchers as well as people in the media mm. talking about how violence in video games presumably affects young people's minds mm. and make them violent people. Mm. Um, I think it, it's it's not just video games either. It's all media. Mm. Um, but video games has been a particular mm. uh, area that they can target on, especially right. media, because... And politicians, obviously, because mm. I think, you know, video games is a new thing. Mm. Like, you know, a, a while ago it was rock and roll. Rock mm. and roll is making people evil yep. and right. violent and worshipping Satan and mm. blah, blah, blah. And and then it was video games' turn. I mm. mean, Dungeons and Dragons was another one, you know, everyone thought people who played Dungeons and Dragons were Satanists and <laughs> stuff like that. So... <laughs> I think it's wow. <laughs> it's the the trend to demonize things that come along mm. and really take the uh, the interest of of the younger generation mm. and older people don't understand it, so their mm. their first instinct is to demonize it mm. and say this is wrong, this mm. is doing damage, blah blah. Mm -hmm. blah. But was it really? I mean. 
it's hard to say. And mm. a lot of the research that was out there was saying that maybe it does mm. have these effects. Mm. Um, but this one released in February, I think it was this year, mm. um, reached the conclusion that it does not mm. uh, seem to have that effect. Mm. That's not to say uh, people who play video games and violent video games don't exhibit some violent behaviours, because mm. they do. Like, mm. people get upset. Mm. Uh, people form trollish behaviours where mm. they're, you know, um, you know, harassing other players and mm. things like that. But does it manifest in actual physical violence? And I think the overall uh, summary of this particular research is that it doesn't. Mm. Well, what they were... The, the operator that they're using is is aggressive behavior and so it doesn't have to be physical but yeah um yeah so i mean really the most damning part about the whole discussion to do with uh you know aggression connection with video games is that there is a whole lot of research behind the idea that there is a connection between video games and aggressive behavior yeah um which is something that I learned about when I was studying um, early on and was was surprised about because the research is does follow the standards of research that are expected in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, it's quite compelling and there's lots of studies that have come to the same conclusions. Mm. Um and so it seemed very clear that exposure to to violent media resulted in, you know, more aggressive behavior from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that it's a really complex. Um, obviously, anything to do with humans is is quite complex human behavior, and you know they always talk about the difference between um, correlation and and causation. And and this is a really important point with this, um, you know, research because what they're finding, what those studies are finding is a correlation between um, people who are exposed to violent media and a tendency towards aggressive behavior. Mm. So that's just one snapshot in time, you know, is that, you know, you could say, People who, uh, in general, watch, you know, violent movies tend to be more aggressive. Hmm. Um, And that's a correlation, but it doesn't mean that because they watch violent movies, that causes them to become more aggressive. Yeah. Because you're not looking at something that's happening over time. Yeah. You're just looking at a snapshot. Yeah. Um, And and that's the problem is, uh, you know, and I think that's, you know why it's easy to come to a conclusion that says that this is what's happening Hmm. um, without fully understanding what's going on. Yeah, I I think one thing that I read somewhere where where they were mentioning that, you know, maybe these more violent people are watching these or, or playing these more violent games, but that's just because, you know, that's, that's what they're into. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's right. It it could be that the uh, 
the the causation direction happens in the other the other way so it's because people have more aggressive tendencies that they prefer to consume media that is more violent that's right you know so it could work the other way around Mm. um which is obviously something that seems likely when you think of it that way Mm. um but that's an interesting thing too i mean it would be interesting to know if that's true you know because there's also you know hypotheses that say um people who aren't particularly aggressive, you know, can consume media that depicts, like, violence, you know, for the sake of exploring that part of Mm. humanity, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And exploring parts of their... of themselves, perhaps, that they wouldn't ever surface because it's not something they think is suitable or something that they would ever do. Yeah. But you experience something in the virtual world... Um, and and you're doing that just because it's something that it's completely foreign to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so with this article too, uh, when you're reading an article, there's an introduction which gives you a background on all the research. Um, and in that section, they talk about previous studies, and they say that generally most studies were looking at something called the general aggression model, which um, the idea is that more exposure to aggressive themes creates access to aggressive thoughts, which in turn increases the probability of an aggressive cognitive schema and emotions and behavior. So mm. um, that's that's kind of the model that a lot of these researchers are thinking is going on or hypothesizing that's going on. Mm-hmm. And so it's no wonder that then when they find that correlation it, for them it's creating a stronger evidence in their mind that this is what's going on mm. um but yeah as we said it's very possible that things are happening the other way around mm. and there's nothing really that controls in academic research that controls that um i don't know if you find a positive correlation and you followed basic, you know, requirements, mm-hmm. you can very well, you know, very likely get your study published hmm. um, as long as it's considered to be adding to a base, current base of evidence. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was no, there's nothing that would stand in the way of someone publishing those kinds of results. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and they they go on to point out like other flaws in general research. Um, one of the things they talk about a lot is how they pre-registered their hypotheses. Um, because what does something, that mean? Well, something that's not controlled in you know academic studies is that you you make a hypothesis and you go, I think this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to set up this um, study to try and work out whether or not that's really happening. Mm-hmm. If your study doesn't really work out, if it turns out that your hypothesis is not right, maybe you can shuffle the hypothesis around to something that fits what your data is showing you. Mm-hmm. And then you have a positive result, which could right. poss- possibly be published. Yeah. So, 
um, by pre-registering the hypothesis, they can't change it afterwards right. if the data doesn't match what they want it to match. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of taking away the idea of bias. Yeah. So it's that's one bias that could come in from a researcher because you really want your result to be positive, as in you want to find a correlation hmm. um, because that means you're more likely to have your work published. Hmm. So, yeah, that's a bias that can enter and, and that's what one of the things that they discuss. And the other thing that they discuss is that because there was no standardization in terms of how, you know, aggression was measured, um, how um, violence in the media was measured, mm. um, that there's no uh, consistency across studies. Yeah. And that can also introduce some bias as well because it, it allows wiggle room for researchers to formulate, like, how they're measuring things. Hmm. Um, I think one other thing they mentioned was, um, if not all, maybe most uh, studies beforehand was relying on self-reporting um, uh, so the mm-hmm. the players would talk about their feelings and so forth, yeah. whereas this one had um, carers was a big one. So, yeah. like, parents as well as, yeah. I don't know, whomever is a carer for the for the, the teenagers. Yeah. Um, also reporting in into, you know, their findings and what they're seeing the children doing. Right. Children, I say teenagers yeah. more likely. Yep. Yeah, it was adolescents. And they also used um, the ratings of the games to measure... Mm-hmm you know, how um, violent they were. So there was a an external rating um, of the game because they were saying that a lot of research relied on the self-report of the player to say, yeah. you know, how violent the game was. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it, it, that introduces some systematic bias as well because some people might be more sensitive than others. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So that was... They're trying to really lock down all of these kinds of things mm. um, that introduce those biases. Mm. I think naturally in self-reports, people are always, as a human being, you're always trying to give the person that you're working with the response that they want. Mm. So even if it might not be in your best interest, generally you're trying to give that person the response that they want. And I think the younger you are, the more um, strong that effect is. Hmm. So, teenagers are more likely to, yeah, to to help the researcher find the, the effect that they want to find. Hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And, and kids are, like, even worse. <laughs> They'll just say whatever whatever they think you want them to say. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like you can't measure things that way. Hmm. Yeah. One thing about the research, um, and maybe you guys can uh, tell me otherwise, I could not find anywhere where they talk about what the games were Mm. that, um, you know, these adolescents were playing because, Mm. yes, they were using, you know, international... uh, you know, categories for mm. age restrictions and stuff like that. Yep. But, I mean, you know, were these 
were these 14 and 15 year olds and I think they were 14 and 15 year olds were they playing games that were for 18 year olds mm. you know were they adult games or because I just feel you know if they're playing games that are meant for under 18s mm. that's you would assume have significantly less uh, realistic violence or mm. you know psychological sort of mm. um, intense yeah. violence mm. than adult games would and mm. therefore I don't know does that call into question the entire study because really mm. a lot of the complaints that that um, people have about video games and violence is that kids are accessing games that they shouldn't be playing mm. um so yeah, I don't know. That's an open question. I've that's a good. It's a good point, actually, because yeah, by by, I mean, it's it would be unethical to have a, a kid playing, you know, a fifteen-year-old playing a game that's rated for eighteen plus. Hmm. Uh, so that obviously wouldn't be something that they would do. Um, and so, if they're restricted to, you know, say an M rating game. Hmm. Um, it limits how much violence necessarily is in the game. Mm. Um, and they don't mention what the games are. It's the kind of information that you could find out, but you'd have to contact the researchers to find out. Mm. Uh, and you could certainly do that. Um, but it's a good point in that it closes the the area, the variability in how much violence are in the games. Hmm. So your, you know, your your um, independent variable is not, doesn't have as much range to it. Hmm. And therefore the dependent variable, which is how much aggression they're exhibiting in their behavior, is also going to have less variability, which means you're less likely to find any relationship. Yeah. So that's an interesting point and maybe it's you know verifying the the rating scheme saying okay mm. if your kids are playing the games that they're supposed to be playing they're not going to turn into violent mm. horrible people mm. um but the reality of that you know the practicality of that is not necessarily true at all i mean i would imagine the majority of kids are playing games they shouldn't be playing mm. i mean I see it pretty much every time I go into EB, you know, oh, yeah. there's kids with their mum standing next yeah. to them buying a game that's 18 plus and the, the store person will say, look, this is a game, it's got this sort of violence, yeah. we're just letting you know, are you still okay with your child buying this game? And they just shrug their shoulders and go, eh. yeah, and they buy the game. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Another example of that is Brianna, like she, you know, teaching eight-year-olds that are coming to school talking about how they're playing Grand Theft Auto 5 on the weekend. Mm, exactly. You know, it's like... Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your parents doing? <laughs> so that's why I was really keen to see what games are actually playing in this study because mm. I don't know whether that... I would think it would make a difference, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it may or it may not. I mean, the difference between, say, playing a sports game and playing you know, a fighting game where people are being depicted as physically attacking each other, I would say is enough to, you know, 
say that like that's a difference between being like uh, not aggressive and being violently aggressive Mm. and so i think that in my mind that's enough of a difference to um that should pick up that should show a difference in in terms of behavior if that if that is rubbing off onto other people Mm. but yeah i guess the question is does it need to be like um very vivid kind of violence for it to start to affect someone. Mm. Um, and that's that's an interesting question. Um, but I think... I think that we're talking about aggressive behavior, not in a brutal way, but just in like a... You know, if little Johnny plays Tekken 7 for a couple of hours on Saturday, does he then go and punch his sister on Sunday? Mm. You know, um does he think it's okay to do that because he played, you know, a fighting game? Hmm. I, I I think that's, to me, that's the question that we're trying to answer. Right. Um, and so, I feel like in that case, like an M-rated game should be enough. But yeah, yeah I, I mean... And you see what gets squeezed into M-rating these days anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, is Grand yeah. Theft Auto Five is that an M-rated game? That's a good question. I, it I, wouldn't surprise me if it isn't or is. <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know... I mean, we sound like old people, but, you know, that's mass murder <laughs> on a ridiculous scale. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I say that as a person who plays these sort of games and you don't really think much about it. Mm. I mean... Well, I think it does normalise a kind of lifestyle that is not normal life. Hmm. And so, in that way, it could certainly be have a negative effect, I guess. But really, it's I guess it's about the the person playing the game being able to understand that that's yeah, not real life. Yeah. You know? Um, and, as, and I think that's where the ratings make sense in terms of, you know, it should be rated more heavily. That's why the ratings exist. Hmm. Um, but it's also, you know, I guess as a parent, it's up to a parent to make sure that their kid understands. Hmm. Um, and But that's not got anything to do with aggressive behavior because it doesn't, yeah, mean that it doesn't change who a person is, you know, because I think, hmm. you know, how aggressive you are is more deeply seated than... Um, those surface level things. Yeah. Like yeah, you might I think, think so. it's okay to sell drugs, but that doesn't mean that you're going to attack someone. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And anecdotally, I mean, you know, we're all video gamers. We're, we're lifers, yeah. as, as the term might be. We played all our lives yeah. and I don't think I've ever hit, yeah. hit anyone before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. been hit, but I've never hit anyone. Um, yeah. And, and I don't think I'm a violent person. I don't think any of you guys are violent mm. people. Mm. Um, but that's three out of however many billion people are out there in the world. Mm. But yeah, it's... Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, it's It's interesting that you should talk about, like, anecdotal evidence because I think that that's... The competing anecdotal evidence is, you know, all the parents that... Say, oh, my, you know, mm. son is playing Fortnite and he's screaming at the TV all day, you know. Mm. Um, and that is, 
really compelling because so many people have those kinds of stories. Mm. Um, and they, they do address that sort of thing briefly in the discussion where they talk about, you know, competitiveness and uh, um, the community aspect um, in games. And I think what they're saying in that is that when we talk about um, playing video games on the whole and how aggression might, like violence in games might, might uh, affect behavior, you, you're talking about a really, really broad thing. And it may be that there's other smaller elements within the act of playing the game mm. that is um, producing these kinds of behaviors mm -hmm. and stuff like trolling and, um, you know, that kind of thing mm. uh, is possibly something that might turn into those behaviors. You know, maybe it's interacting with other people that is, you know, creating those behaviors. Mm. I mean, that makes a lot more sense in my mind is that if you encounter aggressive people you're more likely to feel that that's an acceptable way to behave. Yeah. Uh, because that's a real person. It's not... That is real life. It's yeah. not a um, simulation or video game. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So, so they... Yeah, they talk about that too, and it's just a really good... It's, an, I think, an important point to point out that when you talk about video games on the whole, it's very, very broad... Topic, and I think that that's what this research points out is that video games on the whole aren't necessarily related to that type of behavior. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so, and I think that, yeah. that was, I think that's the most conclusive study that's been done, mm. or at least that's what they say. Yep. Um, so, yeah, coming to those conclusions, I mean, I guess that's sort of, that's encouraging. Mm. Um, and it's something that we, or I, or I mm. have felt, you know, throughout the entire time that I played video games. Mm. Um, but I also think, I mean, you get those edge cases, right, where you're always going to have those people who are susceptible to be influenced by things. Mm. Um so that's always going to happen. I mean, mm. you know, you talk about things, other media, you know, like the Bible, for instance. <laughs> I mean, that kicked off a fair bit of violence here mm. and there. Mm. Um, people yeah. got really invested in that. Mm. And you could say a lot of people are still really invested in that. Yep. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could go into a lot more detail there. But to me, I mean, that's something that has... I don't know, it's taken on a life of itself mm. and people believe really deeply in that and they live their lives around that and can that be the same for a video game? Could it really, you know, get into the zeitgeist and the sort of popular point where everyone is following this almost like a religion, mm. possibly? Mm. You could say some people already do mm. in some games mm. and then it becomes unhealthy and then it becomes... Mm. Mm. Yeah, overzealous and all mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess when we talk generally about lifestyle, um, there's certainly, I suppose, people out there who are living unhealthy lifestyles that involve video games. Mm. And and as you say, it's just like anything else, um, you know. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. I think the only other thing, I mean, this this that I would say is that this study is definitely really strong evidence for the idea that there's no connection um, because it appears to be pretty robust um, in terms of, I mean, I guess I won't really go much into the details because anyone who wants to read it, it's actually there, like, it's it's on o- an open platform, so mm. unlike yeah, a lot of academic articles, um, you can actually anyone can access it. Yeah, and I'll link it in the show notes as well. Yep. basically were looking for a relationship um, which is a point to uh, correlation which is quite so so the average correlation to was uh, as well was a point to correlation which is quite small actually it's quite weak um, it can you explain what that means so, for a non academic yeah, person basically <laughs> a correlation can be between zero and one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it means is that for for the measurements that they made, for every one that the independent variable went up, um, a 0.2 correlation would mean the dependent variable changed by 0.2. So as, as one goes up, the other one also goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's going up by one every time, the independent and the dependent is going up by 0.2 every time. Every every one of the... De- right. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> Basically, I'm struggling, but... So there's a relationship between two where... Between the two variables. Mm-hmm. So in this case, say between the violent media and the aggressive behavior, mm-hmm. as people are more involved in violent media, mm-hmm. they also tend to be more aggressive. Right. Um, and then... The tendency, the tendency is going up slower than the yep. the yep. consumption okay. of media, yep. Yep. Um, and it's at a at a rate of 0.2. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, if the yeah, I don't know. That I think that makes sense. But yeah, I, I get what you're yeah. saying now. Yeah. So, so a 0.2 correlation is quite weak. Anything below 0.2, you would probably not pay a lot of attention to it. Hmm. Um, another way to think about it is roughly, this is like a super simplified way of saying it, but um, a 0.2 correlation means that about 10% of the difference in aggressive behavior is caused by the media. Hmm. So, yeah. the, the violent media. So, yeah. Nine, there's other factors involved, and they cover ninety percent of the, roughly of the difference. If mm-hmm. That makes sense. So yeah. it might be that. So out the, of a hundred people that were getting violent video games beamed into their face, ten of them would 
be more violent? Um, no, not quite. Basically, what I mean is, um, on average, for the average person, um, assuming that the effect is actually there, this is assuming that the effect is there, mm-hmm. um, it means that there's all these things that are going, all these factors involved in making someone more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and violent media is one of them. Maybe their personality is another one. The fact that, you know, they had a shitty day at work is another factor. Mm-hmm. Um, all these factors go together to produce 100% of the variance in right. aggressive behavior. Yeah. With this correlation, it tells us that roughly we think that that um, about 10% is the effect that out of all that 100%, yep. 10% is what the media is contributing right. to that effect. So, oh, it's actually very small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, it's still there. It's still significant. That's assuming that it's actually there, assuming mm. that the research isn't flawed or biased in some way, which we believe it is according to this article. Mm. This article saying that um, they they did find correlations because they had a very strong uh, power, which means they're more likely to find a significant correlation. But the correlation they found was 0. 0.001. Hmm. So, no, 0. 0.01. So, like half a percent effect, which is basically negligible, which, yeah, it means hmm. that it's like nothing there. Yeah. And it's also not a, a causal effect. It's just a correlation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's basically what that means. The, the point two, that's basically what the point two means. Um, most, like a strong in, in humanities, when you're involved with human behavior, if it was like point four, then we'd really start to pay attention. If it's like getting up to point six, then that's something that's really important. Like mm. something that there's definitely a strong relationship there. Right. Um, it's different in different sciences, though, if you're in... You know, mathematics, 0.6 is not that exciting. <laughs> hmm. Depends what the research is. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but 0.2, yeah, it's there. It's something, but it's not very strong. Hmm. And that's the average that people find. But it clearly, to me, it, it just shows how it's something that is really latched onto by the media and it really um, appeals to the general public yeah, as an ideology because yeah. the evidence, while it is there, the effect is very weak. Yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, the way I see that is that people look for something to blame. Yeah. Well, that's right. And and even I know now, like, having a child, even though my child is still a baby, you're always trying to figure out, like, what's causing them to behave in this way, mm. you know, and... You really want to find something so that you can change it mm. so that you can stop that from yeah. happening. Yeah. Because you just want the best for that. Yeah, it's not person. necessarily your fault, but it's also not necessarily someone else's fault. Yeah. So, it's a complicated thing. But I think, as you were saying, you know, being live video game players, we know that it's doesn't affect us in that way. And so, when I learned about this evidence when I was first studying psychology, I was very surprised and Mm. I didn't want to believe it. Mm. But I had to believe it because that's what the evidence shows. Mm. And that's why this is really exciting because it shows how potentially that evidence is flawed Mm. 
Yeah. And how with a more robust and complicate, complex study, we can see that it's not necessarily having the effect that we maybe think that it does. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think something that's never been, or maybe it has, but not really talked about and not really something you hear about is, I'm sure video games have the opposite effect where, mm. you know, you're you're playing games and because you're because games are interactive mm. you're learning mm. and by going through these violent experiences you're realizing that this is not okay mm. you're realizing yeah. the damage you're causing you're mm. realizing how horrible this situation is you know like mm. really deep intellectual games mm. like uh, not necessarily intellectual but deep Games with deep storylines, with something to say, let's mm. say like Silent Hill 2, mm. they can be deeply moving mm. and, and have the effect of you learning and experiencing an emotion that you otherwise would not have had. Mm. And maybe that, you know, is the opposite to creating a violent, you know, um, thing within you. Maybe it's it's you reflecting on saying, okay, that's that's not a good thing. Mm. That's definitely something I don't want to do. Mm. And yeah. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I mean, you're saying that the effects are so small that mm. it's probably negligible. Mm. And that's probably true both ways. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess the thing that is sometimes difficult to understand too about, especially when it becomes to human behavior, um, is when we talk about a percentage... Uh, in terms of like that someone is at risk or um, there's a there's a 10% chance that this could happen or whatever, you know, it can be difficult to understand that because the difference between our overall view on society or the community is saying 10% of people are going to experience this thing. Mm. But then thinking about it in terms of the individuals like, well, that's never going to happen to me because I'm not an aggressive person and I know mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you have to be able to <laughs> like have that flexible thinking where you understand that, you know, um, when you're thinking about you as an individual, you know some of the factors that are involved. But when we do a study like this, we're not aware of all of those factors for every single person. And mm -hmm. that's why we have a sample and, um, you know, they have these confidence intervals where they believe, you know, within, they call it like a 95% confidence interval that this is what's happening. There's always a 5% chance that this is not the case and that we're mm. actually wrong. But we're 95% sure that this is the case on average within the community. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, it's, yeah, it can be a really complex thing to understand, but... Um, I don't know. Hopefully that helps mm. people understand it. Mm. Um, yeah, shifting your mind from an individual perspective to an overall perspective is, yeah, it's just a mind fuck sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I think it does. And I wonder, with this most recent study, if it's going to change thinking yeah and i don't think it will to, to be you know maybe mm. negative on the whole thing i mean 
people are always going to look for something to blame mm. and the media is always going to look for something to you know sensationalize mm. yeah. and get people panicking mm. and scared and so well there's definitely certain a certain portion of of people who will never change their mind on a, on you know a topic like this mm. but there's i think other people that that will and over time things will change um but it's good that there's at least like some research being done oh, yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say something else there, but I've forgotten. Oh, that's right. So one of the things they mentioned as well is about like policymakers and how they always have to be on the side of caution when there's something that seems dangerous. Mm. And so they have to make re- recommendations despite a lack of evidence, you know, so... In the case of, you know, violent media, they had to make a decision about whether or not it was safe without really having strong evidence. And so Mm. they went with the side of safety, you know, which is to say that people should be protected from violent media. Yeah. And so that's where the whole, this whole discussion has really emerged from Mm. a place where we, we've had to you know, policymakers have to be on the side of caution. And so, you know, once you know that, it helps you understand a bit why things are the way that they are. But then, unfortunately, yeah, the media jumps on that bandwagon and turns it up to 100 Mm. um, and preys on the fears of of vulnerable people who don't know any better. Mm. Um, And then it becomes, like, permeated within our society and then it's hard to get rid of. Yeah. Once we know better. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah, it's generational. I mean, you know, as as politicians and so forth, you know, they, uh, what I'm trying to say is our generation who grew up with games become politicians, they understand that these things are not necessarily mm. evil. Mm. So as the generation moves up and become mm. policymakers, like you're saying, yeah. Um, those mindsets will change because yep. they understand their gamers themselves. Mm. Yeah. It's it's not necessarily yeah. Just like with rock music before this, yeah. you know, now people are, it's normal to be yeah. into rock music. Yeah. It's normal to, like, Kiss is mainstream now. <laughs> yeah, they you play know? Kiss in the supermarkets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't turn any anyone into... I don't know, mass murderers. Or maybe they did. Who knows? <laughs> to try and stop the music playing. Does Matt have anything to say about this? I mean, interesting thing related to that. The only thing I can bring up is there was also recently a study about uh, heavy music and violence. Oh, really? Hmm. And Is that still... I thought that was done and dusted yeah. now. Well, I mean, it was specifically heavy metal. And I suppose heavy music always reaches like new extremes. Hmm. So there's always someone to go, oh, like I I listen to some heavier punk and stuff. And I remember people saying to me, oh, that guy sounds really angry. And I'm like, really? Oh, I don't really <laughs> think about it that way. But hmm. I guess he is screaming the whole time. Hmm. So that hmm. makes sense. Hmm. <laughs> and similarly, the study was... The conclusion was, yeah, heavy metal listeners are, like, pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> they get all their aggression out in the music. Yeah. 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 I mean, that that I think that 
and and this is purely my own point of view, opinion, and and partly speculation. But it's so it's such an individual thing, you mm-hmm. know. Usually, I think people that are aggressive are aggressive because of their life experiences with other human beings, mm-hmm. not the media that they're, they're consuming. And yeah. they may consume media that is violent, but it's to me, it's more likely that it's going in the other direction and that it's because of their experiences and their personality that they're aggressive and prefer that kind of stuff because of that. Mm. Um, but even that, again, I think is a weak relationship because there's plenty of people who are normal and, well, normal I don't is not a good phrase, I guess, when you talk about people, but, um, you know, not aggressive and, mm. and live, you know, regular lives. Yeah. Again. <laughs> um, and, uh, and like to watch things like that because it's, it's art, you know? Yeah. Um, like, you know, Quentin Tarantino is an artist and he has a very specific style mm. and it's at a point now where when you watch one of his movies, you know what to expect. And it's, I think it's a stylistic thing to have lots of blood and, you know, mm. it's not because, I mean, it's not really exciting anymore, surely. We've seen it so many times. Mm. Yeah, and I guess that that's why it comes back to a study like this where they're looking at, you know, 14 and 15-year-olds because... They're developing minds, mm. whereas us as adults, we're generally more capable of understanding, you know, what's right, what's wrong, mm. um, what we should and shouldn't do, and also what we choose to consume. Mm. I mean, you bring up Quentin Tarantino movies. I hate Quentin Tarantino movies because <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate uh, violence being celebrated. Yeah. I hate that stuff. Mm. And it's not because I I just don't like watching it because I think it's stupid. I I feel an emotional response to that. I think yeah. that that's wrong. Mm. Um, but mm. you're an adult. Mm. You like those sort of movies. Well, I'm just assuming you do. <laughs> but you're an adult and you understand it's mm. it's not real. I think Whereas I... Whereas to yeah. me, mm. I also understand it's not real, but mm. I also just don't like it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. a child or, you know, 14, 15-year-olds, I keep saying child, maybe they don't understand that difference. <laughs> Adolescence. And they think, oh, that's, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's probably the difference. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I'm not a big Quentin Tarantino person. Right. You can be. Yeah. It's okay. I do like... <laughs> well, look, it's... Most it's people of, are. It is, uh, it's kind of changed over time, I feel, but it's definitely, I think it's a good example of an artist doing their art. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, and, that, and that's I why I thought of it. take anything away from yeah. his artistry. I mean, yeah. it's the same with the Grand, Grand Theft Auto games. Mm. You know, they're incredibly popular, mm. but I don't like them because, again, it's, it's that whole celebrating violence mm. thing for the sake of violence. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't have any opinion or mm. um, whatever about people who do like that stuff because people just like that stuff. Mm. That's fine. Mm. It's just me that I don't. So, mm. and that's why I think that's 
adults being adults where we understand not only what's right and wrong, mm. but also what we like and what we don't like. Mm. Mm. Whereas it's a good example, though, of how you, part of your you know, um, personality and who you are, react to that in a different way to what other people do. Because I think a lot of people who watch those movies, they're actually exploring those feelings, like that feeling of wrongness. Mm. And there's a weird uh, aspect of of that feeling, you mm. know, mm-hmm. and and who's to say that that's bad, mm. you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when we shut down that ability to explore those feelings, you know, I mean, basically that's what that model, which I was discussing before, is saying that, you know, the more you explore those feelings, the more you're likely to act on them. Mm. And, and that, I think, we all know that that is not true. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's not true because being a human is about is about having self control. Mm. You know, yeah, and that's, that's what right. you, I guess, as you mature, that's what you learn. Like when you're an adult, is that you have to control yourself. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So, going back to my question a while ago, that's mm. that's why I'd be keen to understand what games they actually mm. base this study on. Mm. The you know, the 14, 15-year-olds were playing. Because mm. I think that would make a big difference to what you might think about the results of the study. I don't know. Um, yeah. I think that, again, assumes that that model is in, a, in effect and that things are happening that way. Mm. Um, and that you know, people at that age are not capable of controlling themselves. And I think that the guidance that you have in your life is an element to that. Yeah. Um, And maybe your life leading up to that. Um, Mm. Yeah, all those other external and internal factors. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) I I was worried that you wouldn't have much to say at all. And uh, I don't know. I was hoping you might have something, but... He said his piece. Yeah. Heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. That was cool. But, yeah, I don't think we're solving the world's problems, but dis- having these discussions is really valuable, I think. Well, I just like to present like actual instead of also instead of talking about a news article, talking about an actual mm. article mm-hmm. of research, mm. you know, and interpreting it ourselves. You know, at least I've learned how to understand these things to a degree. I mean, it's so mm. complicated sometimes it can be very difficult to mm. understand. But I think that I've interpreted it fairly correctly. It seems mm. quite robust to me and. Um, really good evidence mm. against, you know, what I feel is is wrong, which is, you know, this is something, it's, it's so funny because I've gone to other researchers and gone, I don't understand this. Like, I don't think that this is something that's happening. You know, I don't think this media is having this effect. Mm. And you're, you know, a gamer and a researcher. So can you explain it to me? And I've never, ever got a satisfactory answer. And I think that's Mm. because it's very complicated and hard to understand. And everyone agrees, we all agree, 
that it's not that effect is not really there, but how do we explain it? Mm. Um, and that's why this is exciting because it's getting towards that. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Cool. Um, and I just have a quote here from Game Industry Biz. Um, <laughs> just regarding the research. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not just some random like, that quote. Was, <laughs> that was a big <laughs> jump. No segue or anything. Just <laughs> it says, uh, although there was no correlation found between playing video games and aggressive behavior in teenagers, researchers noted that noted noted that games can provoke angry feelings mm. or reactions. Anecdotally, you do see things such as trash-talking, competitiveness, and trolling in gaming communi communities that could qualify as antisocial behaviour, says mm. such and such a person who did the research. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this would be an interesting avenue for further research. Yep. And I think that's... It's rather topical um, in the last couple of years, the whole trollish and harassment behavior mm. um, in gaming communities, particularly towards women and, and mm. so forth yeah, and minorities because that's a big issue in gaming at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, hopefully some people can devote some resources and time to look at something like that as well, as much as what this study has done. Yeah. Well, there's certainly lots and lots of research out there and uh, hopefully we can look at more of more of it mm. hopefully people enjoyed this discussion and very serious discussion no can... laughing no smiling <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i yeah it'd be i i had a, the idea of talking more about research in um this podcast and maybe it's something for a different podcast i don't know if people want like this sort of thing um maybe it's too serious but mm. I think all of us are interested in this kind of stuff. So. Mm. I like to think we present like a, a more thoughtful element of... We um, might not know all the facts, but we sure as hell will share our opinion. And speculate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So mm. there you go. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know what you think mm. about these sort of discussions. Um, so that will do us, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. That uh, t shirt giveaway is probably still going at this point when this podcast mm -hmm. is released. So please do enter your entries. That's what you do, you enter your entries. <laughs> you can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John does his twitchy business over at twitch.tv slash Wago. That's mm -hmm. H-W-A-Y-G-O. Mm -hmm. And Matt is around somewhere. He does stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.